Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, and he is my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We are back from the NFL Scouting Combine and back in our studios here at Lambeau Field, Wes. It was a long week, but a fun week in Indy. It sure was, Mike. And fortunately for you and me, we beat the storm back up to Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, we did. Driving up uh, 294 and 43 to get back in our studio. It's good to be home. Yeah, it is good to be home. But uh, I know Packers fans, uh, between now now and the draft, and not that they haven't been talking about it since the end of the season, there's two positions in this draft that Packers fans are focused on. It's pass rushers and cornerbacks. They yeah. want to know who's out there, who do the Packers have their eye on, who might be there at number 14 if the Packers are going to use that opportunity to improve on defense. Let's start with the pass rushers, and a couple of guys I know that have been attached to the Packers in various mock drafts and things like that, and those mock drafts are going to change here and there now uh, now that the combine is finished as we lead up to the draft but Marcus Davenport from Texas San Antonio and Harold Landry from Boston College a couple of guys projected as first rounders maybe not necessarily top 10 picks but at the same time Marcus Davenport what he ran a sub 4 640 then at, yeah. at, at the combine so you start to wonder now if this guy from Texas San Antonio who is kind of the consensus mock draft selection for the Packers at number 14 you wonder if he's even going to last that long you do I mean when you ha- when you run a sub 4-6 as a pass rusher it's going to get you noticed if I remember correctly I think it was Clay was 4-6-7 but it was also his initial splits were phenomenal which yeah. is eventually what got him to be a first round pick the broad jump is exactly where you want it to be for Davenport certainly the size has all the intangibles you look for as an elephant type end the thing that's and I wrote about this in Insider Inbox when we got back to Green Bay the thing that intrigues me the most is and I'm not I'm no Mike Mayock. I'm not saying that I am. <laughs> but I did find it interesting him talking about really what he sees as sort of a lack of depth uh, in this draft class when it comes to edge rusher. That might be the case, but there are a lot of intriguing options for the Packers, whether it's Davenport, whether it is Landry. If you go maybe a little bit farther back in the first round into the second round, I think there's some interesting guys there. Could Arden Key move up? He certainly has the frame that you look for, maybe to put on some weight. Sam Hubbard is in, in that conversation yeah, as well. Yeah, Arden Key from LSU, right. Sam Hubbard from Ohio the State. Ohio State. Right. Uh, just some guys that have phenomenal length. And I, I just remember a year ago, or actually no, two years ago, when we were talking about uh, – the Packers drafting Kyler Fackrell, 6'5". It was just amazing. Well, this particular draft, including Davenport, there's a lot of guys in that 6'4 to 6'6 range that I think if you're an edge-rushing coach, really are going to make you want to take a long, hard look at these guys. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that stands out to me about this pass-rush draft class is is the size and the length of these guys. They're all 6'5", 6'6", it seems like. And yeah, there may not be a whole lot of depth to where you might not be able to find a a Vince Beagle at the top of the fourth round in this draft. If you're going to get one of these pass rushers, you, you you might have to grab them early. But you look at Davenport, the, really, the the question people have about him, the, the knock against him, so to speak, is the Texas San Antonio, the level of competition that he played in college. Now, he went down to the Senior Bowl and went up against all the top prospects from all the major conferences there and held his own. It hasn't yeah. hurt his draft stock. He's still being projected as a first-rounder. So he's answered some of those questions. You look at a guy like Landry from Boston College, 2016, this guy had 16 and a half sacks, Wes. And then he was headed for probably another double-digit sack season. He believes he definitely would have had double digits. But a knee injury, middle of the season, he tried to play through it for a couple games, couldn't get a whole lot done, just made it worse, and they they had to shut him down. Um, No, I'm sorry, maybe it was an ankle injury. I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Close enough. 
lower body. But yes, uh, so he. Uh, but but this is a guy with with a ton of confidence. He's a uh, you know he he's what they call a dip and rip type of pass rusher. He's got speed off the edge. He likes to go low around the corner and and get around those offensive tackles. I think the question with him is. Can he do more than that? Is he, or is he's you know the the one trick pony so to speak? Which you know a guy like Kabir Baja Biamila made a heck of a career out of being basically a speed rusher right. off the edge, and he got a lot of sacks. But in this day and age in the NFL, scouts are going to be you know, and Baja Biamila was a fifth round draft pick. We're right. not talking about a first round pick right. here. So you wonder you wonder with Landry, he says you know as he gets still gets bigger and stronger, he feels he can develop more strength moves with his pass rush. Right now he's just a speed guy, and it's about the scouts projecting maybe what they see a, a bigger repertoire that he might be able to develop down the road. Yeah, and, and one of the things, Mike, where I mentioned some of these guys with a little bit more length, uh, including Davenport is probably the poster child for this, sometimes can play with that elevated pad level, have a hard time dipping and ripping, yeah. to, to use that phrase. Landry's probably on the other side of that, a little bit more traditional. At six foot three, around two hundred and fifty pounds, uh, I think that puts him more in that you know Nick Perry, Clay Matthews traditional kind of size uh, for that position. But as Larry McCarron pointed out on one of the shows we did over the weekend, the question is is how, how that's going to translate against the David Bakhtiaris, against these top tackles in the league, because I, I always go back to this and I don't try to make you know Jarrell Worthy a you know a stepchild for this kind of thing, but. You know, he had that initial burst. He was able to read the snap, the snaps, and the cadences in the NFL or in, in college at Michigan State, and it just didn't translate to right. the pros. Yeah. Landry, that type of rushing style, how is that going to be uh, in, in terms of how is he going to adapt that to the next level? A lot of ability, and I think again, another guy that tested through the roof throughout this combine is going to be someone that they, that teams are really going to have to think about and ponder. Yeah, when you mentioned uh, Larry McCarron and those shows he did with us, before we go to a break here, I want to be able to say thanks to Larry for those uh, <laughs> those shows in India. I hope the fans enjoyed it. We certainly enjoy his uh, his storytelling and whatnot. It was great to have him on the set for a few days. There's only one Larry McCarron. Yeah. It's it honestly, it's like having you know a, a Hall of Famer walk back into the studio for you uh, and, and come up. It was. It was a great, great time with him yeah, last week. That was great. Well, we've got more from our trip to the Combine. Back with that on Packers Unscripted right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford in this chair, Wes Hodkowitz in that one. And Wes, moving on to the cornerbacks, which is the other big position on defense that Packers fans have their eye on, wondering who might be there at number 14, who the Packers maybe have some interest in. Two guys that I wrote about on our website after they met with the media uh, as the scouting combine was, uh, the media portion of the scouting combine was wrapping up over the weekend. Two guys from the Big Ten, Iowa's Josh Jackson and Ohio State's Denzel Ward, both of them pretty consensus first-round picks, but the interesting thing about it is these are two guys, very different types of cornerbacks. Josh Jackson, kind of a zone corner, ball hawk type of guy, eight interceptions this past season, five of them against the two teams that uh, played for the Big Ten Championship in Ohio State and Wisconsin. Those were two huge games that he had. But questions about his overall experience, because he was only a starter at Iowa for one year, and then also questions about his speed, because right. he's not a man-to-man cornerback. He he was mostly a zone corner. Then you have Ward from Ohio State, 
no questions about his speed at all. He's uh, he, he's a burner. There's no doubt about that. But he's a little on the smaller side, 5'10". You know, he says, hey, I think I'm 5'11". <laughs> um, take that for what it's worth. Um, but, uh, but, but a fast guy, all kinds of man-to-man cover skills. But then only two interceptions on the stat sheet for somebody who uh, – um, for somebody who is, is as talented as he is. And, and I asked him, you know, well, what is the, what is the thing that the coaches and the scouts in the NFL like want you to work on? And he says, you know, finding the ball, tracking the ball, that kind of thing, which of course, that's what's going to lead to more interceptions right. when you're in those man-to-man situations. So two guys with a lot of talent and a ton of upside, but not perfect prospects either. So um, just your thoughts maybe on how this is going to shake out is maybe who is, who's the top guy who's going to go first. Yeah, I can't sit here and say that these guys shouldn't have come out for the draft. They're one and two really, probably with, with Izzy Oliver out of, of Colorado in terms of yeah. the prospects at this position. But the questions at both, I don't want to say they raise red flags for me, but it does, from a Packers perspective, make me slightly apprehensive. And the reason I say that is Packers are a, a man, press man defense. Yeah. I, I, now, we'll have to see what kind of adjustments they make ultimately underneath Mike Pettin, but Joe Witt is still here. He's a press man coach. So yeah. a guy like Josh Jackson has the size, six foot one, one ninety two. That's the type of guy that you want up on the line, but he hasn't done it a lot. Right. And then you look from Ward's perspective and to add more context to what you were saying, the old Ron Wolf way of doing business is if the guy's underneath five eleven you really don't want to shift from that. Yeah, you're taking a risk there. And the Packers, the one time that they went against that with Ahmad Carroll, you know how the rest of the story went. So uh, both of these guys, I think, are incomplete in that way. And that's why I think maybe if we were talking about the end of the first round, that's where I'd potentially be a little bit more comfortable. But I'm curious to see. They have pro days coming up. There's a lot of different things that are going to happen. But as far as number 14, it just doesn't seem to me like this year there's a Jalen Ramsey-type guy that is just, okay, that's the guy, top 10 talent. There we are. It it seems to me that cornerback position, there's depth there, but I just don't think there's a guy right now, at least on my perspective, whatever that means, that that just jumps off the page as a is a must for a top fifteen. Yeah, and you mentioned Oliver from Colorado. He's another one of these guys being talked about in the mix. I personally don't know a lot about him. Uh, can you kind of fill us in, or what do you know about this I, guy? Another guy that's big and lengthy. Okay. I mean, at six one, uh, and obviously two hundred or one hundred ninety pounds. I mean, the other thing that stands out to you about his game, he offers you some punt return versatility. Uh, there's other things he can do from day one to come out and help a football team. The thing is, though, again, it's another guy that I think had like one or two interse- two interceptions uh, during his, his last season, another junior entry. So there's so much projection that goes into this. Yeah. You go back to the last time the Packers have invested into this position. Last year, Kevin King gave you a lot of production, but again, coming from that system of quarterbacks, didn't really have a lot in one specific area. He played boundary, he started as a safety, he worked you know the slot at times, and then the year before that, I mean, it was just a total kind of crapshoot with Demarius Randall coming from playing basically a, a box safety, and then Quentin Rollins had just transitioned to the position. So a lot of times I think that puts it puts some pressure on your scouts. It puts pressure on Joe Witt. Guys to understand, okay, what we want to do in this system and find people that complement that. The one thing that I think going back to Jackson, you can't, you can't argue with eight interceptions in the Big Ten. <laughs> and there were some big interceptions in some big games, and I know that was something that you kind of talked to him about, you know, what he was able to accomplish in really only 14 starts as a, a Division One 
you know, starting quarterback. Yeah, he he basically played nickel corner for Iowa his first two seasons, was was beaten out his second year by another player for the starting boundary corner job, so then he was the, the nickel guy coming off the bench. And then in his one year as a starter, three interceptions against Ohio State, two pick sixes against Wisconsin at Camp Randall, ended up with eight inter- interceptions overall, which led the country. 26 passes defensed, I believe, was the, was the final right. statistic there for him, just a, a stat that clearly jumps off the page. Another thing about Ward, too, from Ohio State that I'll mention, assuming Ward does get drafted in the first round, he will be the fifth defensive back and fourth cornerback out of Ohio State to go in the first round in a span of three drafts. Because two years ago, Eli Apple, the cornerback, was a first-round pick. And then last year, three Ohio State DBs all taken in the first round. Marshawn Lattimore, who ended up being the NFL's Defensive Rookie of the Year with New Orleans, and then also the safety Malik Hooker and the other cornerback, Gary and Conley. So there's a pedigree here with in this these recent years with Ohio State and defensive backs. And Denzel Ward says, yeah, I want to I be the next guy. I want to carry on that tradition. Yeah, not to rip on Ward, two things I want to add as far as to his credit. 4.3240, you can't coach that. Oh, that's just speed. That's what I and say. The, the, speed, speed. the speed is not a question with him, whereas it is with Jackson. Yeah. Yes, and then also to the Ron Wolf way of thinking. To be fair, Ron Wolf retired in 2001 as a GM. A lot of boundary corner action there. wasn't a lot of slot play. There's ways now in a defense to really utilize those guys, even if they aren't six feet tall. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But for now, we're going to toss it to a break. Back with more on Packers Unscripted right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford right here, Wes Hodkowitz, all the way over there. Wes, one of the things that's always fun to do at the Combine is you search through the list of prospects, trying to find you know these different guys that maybe have some connection to Green Bay, some connection to the Packers, somewhere in their history, and here they are trying to make their way in the NFL draft. Well, there's one that you talked to and, and you wrote about him on our website who grew up basically a 10-minute walk from Lambeau Field and here he is at the uh, at at the scouting combine, or here he was, I should say, uh, trying to make his impression and state his case to be a uh, to be a high draft pick. Tell us about him. Tennessee defensive tackle Khalil McKenzie, the son of Reginald McKenzie, the Packers' <laughs> former personnel executive and current Raiders GM. I actually had a chance to cover uh, Khalil when he was still at Green Bay Southwest. Uh, his two seasons there, I, I live streamed some of his football games uh, for the Trojans, and I'll never forget. His freshman year, the first time, you know, you go to the game. You remember this. You used to cover preps. You get the the roster sheet, right? Yeah, yeah. And it said Khalil McKenzie. I think he was number 99. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But six foot two, 240 pounds, FR, freshman. <laughs> 6'2", 240 pounds, Mike. Yeah. I'm 5'8", on a good day, 170 <laughs> pounds, and I'm 30 years old. I mean, it just shows you. Uh, just what kind of both him and his brother Jalen, who's now a tackle, an offensive tackle at USC, uh, these guys had it in their blood. And what happened is after his sophomore year, him and his family decided to follow his dad out to California. So he only had his first 15 years in Green Bay. But I asked him about that, what that time meant to him. Uh, Green Bay Southwest, they won their first conference title in 37 years while he was there. They had two deep runs in the WIA state playoffs, came up a little short of state, but just yeah. some phenomenal memories he had. Goes on to Tennessee, uh, played three seasons there, was injured during one of them, 
in this past year uh, really, I think, started to come into his own. I think he surprised some people when he declared for the NFL draft instead of going back for his senior season. But to him, talking with his dad, uh, this is a decision he felt was right for his future and now going to try his luck at the NFL. But he certainly has Packers uh, in his pedigree for sure. Yeah, well, and it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, and not to, not to knock anybody, but there are certain things that you're blessed with that are God-given. Reggie McKenzie, not a small man. No. Reggie's twin brother, Raleigh not a small man <laughs> and uh Khalil McKenzie now Reggie's son and Raleigh's uh, nephew the two of the, the the two elder ones obviously being you know NFL veterans um Khalil not a small young man either no, no he isn't and he goes in about 6'3 I think he weighed in at 320 pounds and <laughs> I was he was at one of the podium or the one of the tables off to the side of the podiums where he was talking with the media and and I just the size of his calves and his lower body uh what he has to work with the, the bloodlines are there. This is a guy who was a five-star recruit uh, coming out of high school. Even though, you know, I know there were some setbacks for him at Tennessee, he said he wishes he would have won more. But like I said, the potential's always been there. So the the neat thing for him right now is he spent his, he, you know, he spent a ton of time as a kid inside the Packers buildings, going through game programs, going through stat sheets, scouting players with his dad. Yeah. You know, he recalled that in 2011 being on the podium just off to the side when Aaron Rodgers is lifting the Lombardi trophy with the belt on his shoulder. Just the memories that this guy has had in his short time span, only 21 years old, uh, and now trying to make his own NFL dreams come true. It's going to be a great story to watch, and he wouldn't bite on whether or not he had a formal interview with the Raiders or not. <laughs> uh, I don't know how exactly that works in their household, but uh, certainly very excited now about this next step. For we him. almost wonder like, how much would the Raiders really have to <laughs> find out about him because Reggie pretty much you would think would know everything there is to know. That being said, it is interesting, though, that he decided to declare early. You play three years in the SEC. I mean, yeah. hey, you, you've definitely got something going there, but he's not being talked about as as a high draft pick third or anything. Round, he's, third day you know, pick, probably. Yeah, he's trying to, trying to jump in there early, but I guess we'll see what happens. With that, we'll go to a break back with more on Packers Unscripted right after this. Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford alongside Wes Hodkowitz. And Wes, quickly before we go, since this is our first show back in the studio after our trip to the Combine, just wanted to get your thoughts. What was the single thing that made the biggest impression on you during the week in Indy? Well, I mean, certainly it's Shaq Griffin. Everything else is 1B, 1C, 1D. And we'll get to talking about Griffin a little bit more on shows later this week. Yeah, yeah. But Michael Joseph is a name I think people need to pay attention to. Uh, this is a guy that will not be going in the first, probably first two days of the draft, is hoping to get drafted altogether. But he's a cornerback from Dubuque. And for those who haven't followed it's a division three school that's 25 Um, miles from where i grew up there you go yeah just across the mississippi river yes it is i've been down there it's a beautiful beautiful town but so interestingly enough michael joseph ends up there didn't play hardly at all in high school he i think he had five tackles um you know didn't really ever get a chance to play a cornerback and and kind of went to college feeling like you know what i never really got my shot so he starts off on basically the JV version of their football team, uh, not even on their actual team, and just over time just gets more opportunities, more opportunities his sophomore year he starts starting, and then suddenly this guy ends up turning into a legitimate prospect uh, and now getting this attention. 
I asked him if Dubuque's ever had anyone in the league. He mentioned there's a couple guys that got tryouts, but this is a big opportunity for this young man trying to make an NFL dream come true. And in going from such a small stage, he was one of the finalists for the Division Three award last year for best small school player, to now having a chance to, to potentially make it in the NFL. Uh, just, I think, incredible. It shows a incredible amount of him and determination, perseverance. Didn't have the best grades in high school, but really worked hard at, at trying to make this dream come true. And I thought he was one of the most probably under the radar but yet compelling stories to come out of the combine yeah definitely will be uh will be an interesting story to follow and and see just how that unfolds what i'm going to say about my biggest impression and, and this certainly doesn't come as a shock but when you're there at the combine the the reality sort of sets in and what i'm talking about is just uh all the attention that is on quarterbacks in yeah. this draft and how different a draft is for a team such as the packers when you're not in the market for a first-round cornerback because you don't have to find that franchise guy. And then the teams that are, because, you know, this year you're talking about Sam Darnold from USC, Josh Allen from Wyoming, Josh Rosen, UCLA, Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma, even Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. All these guys being talked about. Quarterback is always going to be overdrafted. The, the quarterback press conferences have the most reporters around them. Everybody wants to talk to them, find out what's going on there, where they think they're going to be picked, and how they're going to fit with this system or that system. The, uh, the attention on the quarterbacks is just never-ending. It, it, it just reinforces it is the premier position probably in all of sports. Absolutely, and teams need to find them. Yeah. And that continues next month. Yeah, all right, with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted, but be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, you can still find him at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.